Hey everybody, this is Clayton for GCF Learn Free, here with a podcast on professional rejection and its emotional impact. There are numerous articles and lessons on rejection out there, and while those things can be helpful, they typically only focus on the procedure of overcoming rejection, as in step one, do this, step two, do that. But emotions are never that simple. They take time to work through, and if you're frustrated or depressed from rejection, you'll need a healthy way to deal with those feelings. And sometimes the best way to deal with them is to talk about them. Now, usually with these rejection podcasts, I interview a member of the GCF Learn Free staff, but today I'll be answering the questions instead. And here to lead the interview is my fellow writer and screencaster, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Clayton. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. Um, So I guess let's jump right in. I'm really excited to hear your answers to some of these questions. And I'd like to know first, how long was your longest job search period? My longest job search period was about six years. It was from about 2010 until about late 2016 when I started working here. For most of that time, I was working as a hearing officer in the state government for North Carolina for the DMV, and uh, it was an okay job, but it's kind of a dead end. There's nowhere else for me to go. I was a bit frustrated at that, especially because my background is in writing, and I've always wanted to do it. I've always loved doing it, um, but I didn't have that much experience with it as far as in a professional setting, and so I kind of had to build that experience myself, and so it's taken that long to get a writing job that I'm happy with. Yeah. So, um, so during that period, I mean, six years is a pretty long time to be you know, searching for what you really want to do and to find a job that's a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you deal with rejection while you were searching for jobs during that period? Yeah, Um, I didn't take it well at first. The first few years, especially when I got a rejection, I very much took it personally. And I took it and I was like, oh my God, I just suck so hard. And I let it get in my head. And during that time, I already wasn't in the best mental space anyway. And so the rejections, they got under my skin. And a lot of times they're very impersonal. You know, they either be no response or kind of a boilerplate, your service is not requested at this time, sort of email or whatever. And it was just really frustrating. I let that snowball and and I let it take control of my, my mental well-being. So I didn't deal with it well. <laughs> but by the end, I realized it's not a personal thing. It's just, it, it's not a good fit. And I tried to look at myself more critically and tried to think of, not let that define me as a person and yeah. my self-worth. Try to, you know, l- maybe look for gaps in your experience, exactly. skill gaps or yes. gaps on your resume. Yes, I tried to th- see ways I could improve um, and ways that I could do better. Yeah. Um Did you ever interview for a job you didn't get? I did. I did interview for a few. Um, There was one really good one. I really liked the place and I really liked the people. Um, I had two interviews with them, but they did not choose me. But they were, you know, and when I got that email, it it stung a little bit. But it's also kind of like, well, I really like them. If I get another shot, I'm going to try again. And I also thought of the reasons where, like, why would they not hire me? I kind of looked at my resume, I think like, okay, I'm going to get some more writing experience by volunteering at a place. I'm going to study HTML and really brush up on it and get ready for it. And it paid off eventually because I interviewed for the different place and those skills came into play. And I wasn't necessarily an expert at HTML, let's say, but I was willing to learn. And I made that very clear. It's like I'm adaptable 
you teach me how to do it and I'm good to go. Right. It shows you have drive. Yeah. 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 I made that very clear. Yeah. That's very important. Um, so when you were experiencing that rejection, when you were going on interviews and not hearing back or going on interviews and not getting the job, how did you handle that emotionally? Emotionally, again, like in the beginning, it stung a lot. And I tried to take that negative energy and do something with it. At the time, I was trying to do filmmaking, and I was kind of put all that frustration into that avenue, you know, building a movie of some sort. And that helped, but eventually that collapsed. And I kind of had all this nervous energy just kind of spinning wheels inside of me. I really leaned hard on music, um, both creating it and listening to it, um, and just kind of zoning out on it. And I also did like fitness, working out, that sort of thing. Yeah. Something to get the energy out. Because if you just sit on TV and just stare away, it'll... It's it'll, just going to keep building and building. Yeah, you're more resentful and you're not going to be driven to go out there and search for more better work and you're just... You're just going to fall into a rabbit hole. Right. And it'll probably affect your attitude while while you're job searching yeah. or going on interviews. Yeah, absolutely. If you're, if you're a grumpy goose, I don't want, <laughs> no one wants to work with them. So. Right, right. So finding a creative outlet, something positive, yeah. was really yeah. important for you during that time. Yeah. Um, so also during that time, did rejection wear you down? Was there any point where you felt like giving up? Yeah, yeah, several times. A lot of times I would think like, well, I guess I'm just, even though I like writing, I guess I'm just not good enough. Even I mean, I was practicing and trying to hone my craft, but I figured, man, it's been at you know three years, four years, five. It just I'm just not good enough. There's something that separates me from everyone doing else doing it professionally. Yeah, it did wear me down. But again, once I took a little more control over my own situation. And I realized the world owes me nothing. And that's another lesson that I I had to learn that has taken me far, is that I shouldn't expect something just because I'm me. Yeah, learning to be a little more humble. Yeah, um, and I had to learn that. And in hindsight, it did me some good. No, I I did my best to to get better and to improve on however I could think. Yeah. So social media does play an important part in the job search process. Sites like Indeed.com, you know, places like that are important when you're looking for a job, trying to network online. But did other social media sites kind of mess with your head during this time? Yeah, I have a mixed relationship with social media. Um, The bad is more stuff like simply personal and social like Facebook and that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, you're in control of your own profile. So you can make it appear like your life is just, you know, a big rock candy mountain <laughs> of just happiness. And that sort of thing got to me because I believed that that kind of false narrative that people put out. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm so successful. Look, you know, I'm standing next to the Washington Monument at a big charity drive that I put together sort of. Thing, and I'm so happy. And that sort of thing got to me because I, I wanted success and I was very, I wanted that opportunity to be successful. Right. You're comparing yourself to other yeah, people. And it's it was, hard not to. And it was so stupid. It's like, you know, this is like a high school acquaintance. And I haven't <laughs> seen this person in six years. Right. Why am I comparing myself to them? But one of the good things about social media was LinkedIn. Um, you know, a lot of people use it as like a professional resume or online resume. But they don't really interact with each other very much. And they have a messaging system that is available, but a lot, not a lot of people use it because it's not free. 
there were a couple of jobs I found on there that I thought I was really qualified for, or at least like my spirit catered itself to that industry. And I got a free trial for to do like three free messages. And I sent three very brief messages to like the hiring managers saying, hey, I'm interested. Here's my resume. Thank you very much. Again, because since not a lot of people use LinkedIn, when you get a message, it's kind of like a big deal. It's, yeah. It sticks out. Yeah. And while I didn't get a job from doing that method, I always got somebody's attention. And it may have been kind of a, please don't use this again sort of thing. <laughs> but nevertheless, I got, I got somebody's attention. Yeah. I rattled somebody's cage. And again, your mileage may vary. I, the answer was not complete zero. Yeah. So... So you made your sta- yourself stand out a little bit in that way by using something that wasn't used too often, mm-hmm. direct uh, contacting people directly. Yeah. And you did see some positive impact there, even if it mm-hmm. didn't directly lead to a job. Yeah. Um, were there any other ways you adjusted your job search? The I stopped relying on job boards like in- Indeed and Link. Uh, excuse me, Indeed and uh, Career Builder mm-hmm. and Monster and all that. At those places are great for figuring out like what places are hiring and like what's out there. But I found when I send my resume and my cover letter through those things, I'm just one of the herd. I'm one of hundreds, and they want to cull those hundreds down to like a couple dozen that they can like interview and work with and stuff and see if they're a good candidate. I never got any sort of reaction from any sort of those job boards. My job here at GCF Learn Free, I found it through Craigslist. And that is a minefield in of itself. <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you do not want to apply to every job right. on Craigslist because you never know who's behind it. The only reason I applied to this one is because, you know, they had the name of the company, you know, a name to contact, a physical address that I could go see and like, okay, the building's there. It's not just somebody saying like, hey, you know, I write clickbait at home, write articles <laughs> for me. And it's like two sentences and it's gr- full of grammatical errors, nothing like that. So yeah, my biggest adjustment, I did not use the job boards very much. Yeah. Um, so using Craigslist, when you were looking at job listings, you mentioned, you know, all the not so great job listings out there. Mm-hmm. So you were able to kind of narrow your search by looking for specific places and looking for specific information in those posts. Mm-hmm. And and that helped you. Yeah, yeah. Conversely, what didn't work when you tried adjusting your job search approach? The biggest thing is kind of an old school tactic that my parents were really big on, which is go to a place you want to work at, like wear, like dressed up in a suit and just hand them a resume in person. I did it one time. I tried to get a job, like a low-level writing job at Red Hat. And my, my mom was like, just go do it. That's the way to do it. They'll never forget you sort of thing. And I was like, okay. And I did it, and I stood around the lobby for about 20 minutes, and I remember the look on everyone's faces like, what, what is this guy doing here? Right. And I just, I just felt like a giant dork, and <laughs> it, it didn't get me anywhere, and they never called me back. And especially to our generation, it's kind of seen like it could be seen multiple ways. Like I'm wasting their time, like unannounced and just showing up. It could be creepy (laughs) or it could just make them spiteful and not want to hire me just because I'm just kind of waltzing in and say, give me attention. 
just because I'm physically there. So I never did that again. Yeah. And, I, and, and if somebody said, like, you know, we accept online applications but do not call us, I didn't call them because it's the same kind of thing. It's like I'm demanding their time even though they specifically said don't bother us this way because they have other things to do. They're not just looking at applications. You know, they're doing their other other parts of their job. Yeah, so I guess the important takeaway from that is if there are specific directions on a website, you really want to follow those yeah. directions because they're saying those things for a reason. Like you said, a hiring manager is busy and they're getting a lot of emails, but they have time cut out in their day for reading and answering those emails mm-hmm. as opposed to making time for someone who's just dropped in. Yeah. So how, if you had to, if you were job searching again, how would you re- deal with rejection now versus how you dealt with it in the past? I wouldn't let it get under my skin. I'm much more accustomed to like if somebody doesn't like like it, okay, whatever, I can, I can keep on rolling. If I keep getting rejected from the same type of job, at some point I kind of have to look at what I'm putting on the table and say, like, okay, what's not working? And again, I, I know what I'm worth, but I also need to look at myself critically and say, okay, where am I coming up short? And not in a, like, I'm trying to beat myself up way. Right, but like an objective yeah. look at yourself and yeah. your resume. And like, I know I'm not perfect. I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, everyone is. Yeah. You just have to admit it, and it might take a while. I mean, it took me a couple of years to say, like, okay, I'm just, right now, I'm just not good enough for this. How can I get there? That's the main thing, is that I would just make sure I maintain the drive to improve myself. Because a lot of people just lose steam. Yeah. I would make sure you keep at it, and eventually the wall will fall down. Yeah. So I guess my last question for you is, what would you say to someone who's, dealing with rejection over and over again, someone who keeps getting those thanks but no thanks emails. Yeah. Again, just don't give up. And I hate to sound like a Peter Gabriel song, but <laughs> it really is a matter of who you can outlast because if, if you're competing with 100 other people that are also vying for this job, a good portion of them are just going to get worn out and they, they're tired of getting rejected. And if you just let rejection get the best of you, I mean, then that's it. Then you're just going to be st- stuck where you are. Right. And, okay, like, good luck to you. You have to stay hungry. Yeah. Um, because no one is going to fix it for you. You have to find your own opportunity to improve yourself. And it's not easy. It is a second job looking for yes, another job. Yes, very much. But I do know once I got this one, it, w- it was just a relief. That, like, I'm so glad I stuck with it for six years and yeah. I kept on working with stuff. I was like, I get to, I get paid to write. I got paid to write an article on genetically modified organisms. <laughs> and then Brenda wrote a pic or drew a picture for it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, really satisfying. It's worth putting in the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I paid my rent with that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's. That was worth six years of doing hearing officer stuff, of having customers yell at me. It was worth it. So to anyone out there, just keep your eye on on the prize and just stay hungry. Yeah, because I guess at the end of the day, for, for those people who, who are working on staying hungry and, and working on that drive, um, their greatest asset might be their drive, their willpower to carry on. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, that might be the thing that 
makes them stand out. So I think that's a really important point you made, you know, not giving up. Yeah. Well, thanks again for, you know, letting me participate in this. It's a really important topic, and I'm really glad I got to talk to you about it today. Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. If any of you listeners out there have any questions or comments or would like to suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast, you can reach us on social media, such as Facebook or Twitter. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a good one.